Amen. Thank you, Ruth. He knows your voice. Praise the Master. Thank you very much. I appreciate that song. <clears throat> this morning, as we look into... Oops, now I'm in trouble. I have butterfingers here. I remember Mark Murphy, when he came, he rigged up a, a, a foot a foot change and he could uh, change the uh, uh, the panels on the PowerPoint and had a big screen here for him but uh, I don't know I'm not electronically inclined to do that and this is this is the most technology I've got so in our journey through this season of Lent in your bulletin you'll see that uh, I'm I'm got a message on temptation but I feel led to skip ahead a little bit uh, because I, I feel led to talk about the last words or some of the last words of Jesus to his disciples. And when we're talking about what we're going through uh, in our country today, in our, in our neighborhood, uh, we need to hear that we are not alone in our fears and that we have another helper. And so the verses I'm going to read, it'll be up here on the screen in just a minute, uh, are from John chapter 14 and uh, verses 15 through 21 because this has been a turbulent week. I don't know about you, but things just started to happening uh, because of the coronavirus. And then last Sunday we were just hugging and shaking hands like crazy. And then this week we find out we shouldn't have been doing that. So uh, <clears throat> they, uh, they need to tell us a little bit sooner. Amen. And uh, when we think about uh, all the cancellations taking place uh, today, there's a couple things as we, as we look at what we're facing uh, and the, the situations that are going on here. Someone this week, and we can identify with that, saying they didn't understand why all this toilet paper was being bought up and everything was disappearing, and they didn't know why, but... Uh, so they went ahead and bought some for themselves just because everybody else was. So getting caught up in the fever of, of all that. So <clears throat> I found some pictures that kind of show us what people are doing in, in a couple of different places in our world. Now the first one is uh, how some of the Chinese people deal with the coronavirus. And I don't suggest this. But they uh, a full body cover with plastic. I don't know what that is. Is that something from a dry cleaner or something? Uh, they they say not to put a bag over a over a young person's head. But uh, I think this is going really to an extreme. <laughs> and to go to the United States, how are some people dealing with uh, with what's going on? And you find a video. You can see this video on Facebook. Uh, 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 fighting over a toilet paper, you know, somebody wanting to buy toilet paper. And somebody else filmed it in this video age with your cameras on your hip pocket and, or in your purse. And so somebody filmed this battle in a, in a store or these ladies fighting over, a, 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 you know, rolls of toilet paper. So what, what have we come to here in our world? <clears throat> So Jesus speaks these words 
to try to explain to his disciples that we are not off by ourselves and alone. And beginning with verse 15 of John 14, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or counselor uh, to, to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. <clears throat> I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, <clears throat> and I too will love them and show myself to them. <clears throat> Sorry, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We give you praise that you are a God that is with us, and that we can take our, and put, take our hope and put it in you, our trust in you, that you are in control of all things. And we thank you, Lord, for, for your word, which speaks to us. Uh, your words to the disciples are, are your words to us. And we thank you, Lord, for, for that counselor, for that, that advocate, that comforter, that we can, we can come to you today and know that you are with us, you are in us, so help us, Lord, not to be slaves to fear, but help us, Lord, to, to know that you have paved the way for us. And we give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. It wouldn't be long, and he knew it. And uh, for three years, he taught throughout Israel. For three years, he healed the sick, he fed the hungry, and for three years, he pointed people to the kingdom of God and teaching them about the way to go and the way to believe. But the time was coming, and it wouldn't be long now, a time for the chapter to close on his earthly ministry. But how was he going to explain it to his friends, to his disciples? How do you break that kind of news? that I'm coming, but I'm not leaving you alone, and it's going to be another helper, but you, you can't see him, but he's with you, he's in you, and, and trying to grasp all of that. And uh, how would he say that? Would they feel betrayed? Would they feel uh, deserted? Would they be able to see that there was a much bigger plan that, that's involved here? Uh, a much longer story than they could presently see. Well, in John chapter 16, a little time later, Jesus, before his arrest and before they left, they were in the upper room. And they had uh, gathered together and had eaten what we call the Last Supper. He instituted communion with them and, <clears throat> and with all the disciples. Uh, let's say before Judas was 
was uh, dismissed basically and he left that they they posed for the picture and now he was explaining events that were about to happen trying I'm sure to ease their fears and help them not to be afraid or, or fearful and let them know that he was still in control and that that the plan was bigger and I'm not so sure that he was all that successful when you look at what actually took place because they all ran and Peter denied him and Judas betrayed him but most of all he was wanting to let them know that he was not leaving them alone and really isn't that the fear that we have a fear of being deserted a fear of, of being left alone and, and uh, we're, on, we're on our own out here God well, that's not true. And that's exactly what I want to point out to you this morning. Uh, it was, because in Jesus' case, it was almost a, I've got some bad news and I've got some good news. Kind of a story here. And he just told them uh, that the time had come that he was telling them, he had been telling them about. And I'm not really sure how many times that Jesus spoke to the disciples about him having to die he, he, he spelled it all out to him. But he would be seen again. He would rise again. And, and it just went, you know. And we, 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 we kind of criticize the disciples for being blockheads. But I'm not so sure we wouldn't be the same way. That had never been done before. That had never been seen before. But in the same breath, Jesus is saying, you are not alone. And the first thing I want to look at is the promise of the Holy Spirit. And throughout the Gospels and, and into the book of Acts, we see Jesus promising the disciples that they will not be on their own, that someone is with them and even in them. And often we, we, we think of the, of the Holy Spirit as, as a last-minute thought by Christ. And I don't know exactly how people understand oh oh by the way uh, I'm leaving but don't be upset tell you what uh, I'll leave the Holy Spirit for you you know I'm going to be gone but well, let's make a deal here I'll, I'll leave the Holy Spirit but that isn't the case the Holy Spirit is not an afterthought he was part of the original plan of the original idea and right after the Jesus right after Jesus taught the disciples the Lord's Prayer he makes this comment in Luke chapter 11, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And as a matter of fact, before Jesus began his earthly ministry, remember John at the river baptizing people? Matthew 3.11, I baptize you with water. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so it shouldn't come as a surprise. When hours before his arrest, he makes this announcement to the disciples. <clears throat> he says, if you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate counselor helper 
a paraclete, someone who comes alongside to help you and be with you forever. Not just in good times, not just in bad times, not off and on. He will be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And that in you part happened when? At Pentecost. So when we look at the person of the Holy Spirit, A.W. Tozer, one of my favorite authors, he wrote in his book, The Counselor, and I've used this before, he writes this, spell this out in capital letters, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not enthusiasm, he is not courage, he is not energy, he is not the personification of all good qualities, he is a person, the same as you are a person, but not material substance. He has individuality, he is one being, and not another. And if we were to do a pop quiz right now, ask you who or what the Holy Spirit is, what would our answers be? The third person of the Trinity, the Comforter, the Counselor, a Guide, a Teacher. How about this? He is God. And oftentimes we, when we think of the, the Holy Spirit, we say, well, He's the third person in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, why is that? Why do we define him that way? Because to many people, he's ranked that way. There's the Father, then there's the Son, and then there's the number three. There's one, two, and three. And the Father being the most important, then Jesus is second in line, and then the Holy Spirit comes in, in third. Win, place, and show, right? In the race. And when asking people, why is it that way? Well, that's what the Bible says. The Bible lists them that way. When we, we point our finger back to the, the Great Commission, right? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But it's interesting to know that this is the only place in the Bible where they're listed that way. And if you look at other places in the Bible, uh, it's God is listed as Father, Holy Spirit, and then Son. And then sometimes it's Holy Spirit, Father, and Son. Or Son, Holy Spirit, and then Father. I'm not trying to mix you up. I'm, and there are six different ways that you could list the three members of the Trinity. The word Trinity is never used. But the way they're identified, all six ways in the Bible are used that way. But this is where we point. That's where we point because that's where we're most familiar. <clears throat> Others think that the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity because he's not mentioned until the day of Pentecost. No. <laughs> All the way back, second verse of the Bible. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Psalm 51, David's pouring out his heart in repentance over his affair with, with Bathsheba. And part of his prayer in verse 11, do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. It was the Holy Spirit who was present at the conception of Christ. The Holy Spirit overshadowed her. 
It was the Holy Spirit who was at the baptism of Christ. I gave, we showed a picture of the dove. The Holy Spirit appeared as in the form of a dove, right? The Holy Spirit is not some created being or force that poof, magically appears. And then poof, he's magically gone. He always has been God. He is God. The Holy Spirit is not the third string player here on the team of the Trinity. And he doesn't make his appearance until late in the game. You know, and we, we think about Pentecost. He has been active from the very beginning of creation. And now, because of what Jesus did, paying the price for our sin, we can come to God and the Holy Spirit can be in us and walking in us. We become so permeated. This is what, what uh, Stephen Manley talked about, being so intertwined with God that God doesn't make a move that we're not aware of. And that's, that's what we need to be asking for. He is God. Then talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe that the question that you're asking, so what? What does that have to do with me? Everything. Because when Jesus made the promise to his disciples about the Holy Spirit being a presence, that promise wasn't just for them, it was for us. Us as well. And it's as real today as it, as it was then. And the Holy Spirit, we need to get that straight, is not an option in the Christian life like getting power windows or air conditioning for your new car. The Holy Spirit is the new life. He's the engine that runs the whole thing. He's what makes it go. So very quickly, what, so what is it that the Holy Spirit does? Well, he gives us power. And the verse there, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses. And that, that circle of, uh, of starting in Jerusalem and then going out to, the, to Samaria, ends of the earth kind of thing, moving from the center to the outside. You are witnesses for me all over. Now, that, that incredible concept of power in our lives. Now, for everyone who thinks they don't have what it takes, you're right, you don't. We need the Holy Spirit. We need God. Amen? Amen? And we need God, especially in a time like this, when, when the fear of the virus is all around us. We need that power to get through, to live, to have hope. And uh, it's not that you might receive power, or there's a chance that you'll receive power. You will have power. And the power you need to have the faith to get through difficult times, to get through tough times, to, to even talk somebody else through this, this, this hard time that we're going through. To have the faith to make it. The power also to, to get rid of bad habits and then the power to start good habits. The power you need to be everything God wants you to be. And he doesn't expect you to go through life alone. This is not what we're meant to do. 
go through life like we're the only ones here and I've got to gather information. Yes, we have to be very careful. We have to think about washing our hands and what we touch and transmitting and what we do with our cough or our sneeze and, and if we're sick, stay away. That, those things are, are maintenance things we have to do. But God will get us through. God will see us through. Then finally, he gives us character. Familiar passage. Fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. We need that. Forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So what's the bottom line? What's the bottom line? And I need to go to Romans 8, 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life. And what else? Peace. That's what we need. Is that peace. And through my 20 plus years of, of ministry, time and time again, people have, uh, have made the statement uh, that I need more of the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit, of, the Holy Spirit is God. He's not a collection of pieces that we can have more of. He needs more of you. He needs more of you. We need to turn that around. It's not that we, that we don't have enough of the Holy Spirit. It's, a, it's that the Holy Spirit needs to grab a hold of us and become so intertwined with us that God's presence is with us in all that we face. And we need to put our trust in Him. Amen? Let's pray. And as I close in prayer, I want to pray for the offering and pray to dismiss. And if you, uh, as I said, if you want to drop your offering in the back or the front, either way, but uh, let's, uh, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for all that you do with us and for us and through us. We give you glory and praise for, for your spirit that guides us. And Lord, help us to, to be receptive. Help us to open ourselves up to you and, and to become more like you and more in you. And, and Lord, we just, we just give you the praise for the peace that we can have. And Father, we, we pray also for, for our offering, which we're, we want to leave and to give to, to your kingdom and to your church. And we thank you, Lord, for those uh, uh, who have to give and those who have not. And Lord, we, we give you the glory. Be with us. Help us, Lord, in, in all that we see and all that we face throughout this week. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.